Welcome to NTD News Today. I'm Sue Bianba. Let's take a look at our top stories. A possible paycheck protection program for East Palestine. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance proposes support for locals near the train wreck. A bunch of Hollywood actors are fed up with COVID vaccine mandates. They've called the vaccine medical exper experimentation and complained of potentially dangerous health risks. The Energy Department now says it is likely that COVID leaked from a lab. Some Republican lawmakers reacted to the news. Russia and China complete a naval exercise with South Africa. And the Belarusian president touts weapons cooperation with Russia as he gears up for a trip to China. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance says East Palestine might need a paycheck protection program, similar to the one the U.S. had during the pandemic. This comes as people are reportedly leaving the town. Ohio Senator J.D. Vance proposed a paycheck protection program, also known as PPP, for East Palestine residents. This comes after the recent train derailment, but also due to industries leaving the area, which he says had already been ongoing. Vance explained his stance in an op-ed for the Washington Post, writing, Like many towns near Youngstown, Ohio, East Palestine had suffered substantially from the wave of deindustrialization that saw millions of jobs leave for China, Mexico, and other countries. The senator says the recent train derailment, which led to a burn of chemicals, is driving people and capital away from the town. He proposed introducing a PPP-style program to help businesses stay afloat, saying, Without special refinancing, homeowners will be underwater as flight from the community drives home prices lower, decimating the tax base on which local schools and public services rely. Farms will require direct support. Underfunded schools will need help. East Palestine will need its own version of the Payback Protection Program. The pandemic-era PPP program reportedly saved around 3 million jobs at its peak in the second quarter of 2020. However, many say the program was also subject to heavy fraud. The Department of Labor's Office of the Inspector General issued this report a few months ago saying that our analysis identified a total of $45.6 billion paid in potentially fraudulent unemployment insurance benefits. Some experts also believe the program, along with stimulus checks, may have contributed to the current high inflation economy. The senator's concern about people leaving East Palestine comes amid reports of residents staying in hotels rather than returning to their homes. News Nation writes that some locals are very concerned about the health symptoms they have. They feel they cannot return. One resident who reportedly lives 500 feet from the site of the derailment is staying at a hotel. He said, I have numb tongue, confusion, headaches, dizziness. It's extremely difficult. I haven't been working, so where's the money coming from? The resident added that his home was looted while he was gone. He says he's now leaving the state and doesn't know when he'll return. Turning to Michigan, some residents are still without heat or power after last week's winter storm. It coated trees and power lines in the southeast part of the state with ice, and the extra weight caused many to come down. Entity's Jeremy Sandberg has more on what people in Ann Arbor are going through. The ice storm in Michigan last Wednesday coated power lines and trees with half an inch of ice or more. High winds Thursday put around 600,000 DTE Energy customers in the dark at the storm's peak. Around 132,000 remained without power Sunday night. Reconnecting with neighbors and friends and everybody's kind of getting reacquainted with each other. So that's the silver lining of these power outages. The city's densely populated areas were first on the list for repairs. 
Smaller communities with single-family homes have to wait longer for things to return to normal. Many are using backup generators to run electric heaters and keep freezers and fridges going. Those with gas stoves are boiling water and cooking to generate some warmth. I was at a friend's house who was also out of power and um, they served me some tea because they had a um, you know, gas stove and then they also had a gas fireplace so it was pretty comfortable in their living room. Some residents feel the city should invest more in infrastructure for reliability of power and utilities. We're used to having up to 10 days of no power every spring. This happens every other year, sometimes every year. And instead we're building beautiful, very extensive bike paths that I love. But I think in terms of priority, we really need to put uh, burying power cables ahead of very beautiful bike paths. It's unfortunate that you know, there's been 20 or so years in which they could be um, investing all of our money into infrastructure or underground lines. Warming centers were set up at local libraries, community centers, and churches. Residents could see more freezing rain, sleet, and snow on Monday, as another storm system is forecast to hit the southeast part of the state. Jeremy Sandberg, NTD News. A powerful storm that swept through the southern plains overnight caused widespread damage. At least seven tornadoes were reported early Monday in Oklahoma, leaving nearly 50,000 customers without power, and at least 12 people were injured. This is the wind outside right now. You can't even see. Severe storms rolled across Midwestern states Sunday evening. A tornado warning was issued for parts of Texas, Oklahoma, and Kansas. What in the world is that? One such storm produced strong gusts and bursts of lightning in Sublet, Kansas. And in the town of Liberal, Kansas, winds damaged homes and toppled trees and power lines. At least one person was hurt from flying glass. The storms left about a dozen families homeless. And hurricane force winds and severe thunderstorms tore through Texas on Sunday. Parts of California were blanketed by snow from Friday to Sunday. More than six feet of snow fell in some parts of the state. So much snow on the deck. And parts of Los Angeles saw a blizzard warning, the first since 1989. The storm brought snow to higher elevations and rain and hail fell in the flatlands, causing some areas to flood. Nearly 85,000 households and businesses were without power in the Los Angeles area. The storm is expected to move into the northeast. Mid-Atlantic to New York will face with heavy rain and some snow today. Up to six inches are expected in the Boston area by Tuesday. A large group of Hollywood actors say they've been locked out of their union buildings and blocked from competing for roles. This because they decided against taking the COVID-19 shot. Entity's Daniel Monahan has more. The actors say the mandate violates their right to informed consent and protection against what they characterize as medical experimentation. They add that there is now overwhelming proof of potentially dangerous health risks. Some actors also shared stories of the health problems they got after getting the vaccine. Actress Michelle Jubilee Gonzalez of Stargate Origins says she believes she developed both reproductive and cardiac-related health problems immediately after getting a COVID injection. While actress Lynn Marie Miserdewski of Desperate Housewives and CSI New York says she developed several medical conditions after taking the shot, including peripheral neuropathy in one of her legs. 
The controversy heated up three weeks ago when the Screen Actors Guild Union, or SAG, decided not to end but extend COVID vaccine mandates and other protocols for members. Meanwhile, actor Woody Harrelson sent shockwaves throughout national media over his unscripted monologue mocking COVID vaccine mandates on Saturday Night Live. In talking about a fictional script he says he rejected, Harrelson said this, The movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away, I mean, who's going to believe that crazy idea? The mentalist actress Maya Dunbar says refusing the COVID injection has become like the scarlet letter in Hollywood. Actors say SAG is violating their Title VII rights, which require employers to accommodate employees' religious beliefs. It is the same argument under which healthcare workers have won lawsuits against hospitals that have denied them exemption from the vaccine. The executive director of SAG did not respond to requests for comment. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Lawmakers and Chinese dissidents rally in the center of New York City. Their goal? To counter the Chinese regime's operations overseas. President Putin accuses the West of trying to break up Russia. Meanwhile, the West is growing more and more concerned about Chinese involvement. More in just a moment here on NTD News Today. Welcome back. U.S. officials continue their search for the origin of the pandemic. The U.S. Energy Department has now concluded that COVID-19 probably leaked from a lab. Republican lawmakers responded to the report published in the Wall Street Journal. Entity's Daniel Monahan has the story. The classified intelligence says that the virus likely leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Representative Jim Jordan reacted on Twitter saying, quote, So the government caught up to what real America knew all along. The Energy Department was previously undecided on the issue, but it now joins the FBI in supporting the lab leak hypothesis. The Energy Department's judgment was made with low confidence. Senator Eric Schmidt wrote that, quote, Fauci knew this immediately but dismissed it because of funding for the Wuhan lab. When Fauci spoke, Big Tech censored. Representative Andy Biggs also reacted, saying in his words, Americans knew this from day one. Unfortunately, big tech and big government silenced them. Senator Josh Hawley wrote that Americans deserve the truth, while Representative Ken Buck says, quote, Elites and academics owe everyone who had legitimate questions and concerns about the origins of COVID an apology. Meanwhile, Senator Tom Cotton says the Chinese Communist Party needs to be held accountable so this doesn't happen again. GOP lawmakers are ramping up investigations into the origin of COVID-19 and allegations of government and big tech censorship of the debate. Republican lawmakers have been vocal about the theory that the virus leaked from the Wuhan laboratory soon after the onset of the pandemic in 2020. Initially, some health professionals and media outlets labeled the theory's proponents as conspiracy theorists. White House National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan says the intelligence community does not have a definitive answer on the matter at this point, adding that President Biden has put resources into getting to the bottom of the origin question. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Mafia-like threats by the Chinese Communist Party on American soil. That's what Congressman Mike Gallagher said over the weekend when he rallied with a group of lawmakers and Chinese dissidents in the center of New York City. 
The goal? To counter Beijing's overseas operations. Here's more. An innocent-looking building in downtown Manhattan, now the center of a highly attended event where CCP opponents called out Beijing's totalitarianism. It's all because the American Changlul Association hid a sinister surprise inside an unauthorized police service center linked to the CCP. Quote: Two options: return to China promptly. Or commit suicide. These are actual quotes that CCP agents have said to people here on American soil. The outpost came to light last fall. Agents there have reportedly harassed and spied on Chinese nationals in American neighborhoods. Since then, the FBI has raided the facility, and the State Department shut it down. How have we allowed this to happen? On American soil, the answer, in my opinion, is that we have been blind. Describing the CCP threats as veiled and very cunning, Gallagher accuses the communist regime of exerting what he calls mafia-like influence around the globe and coercing distance with Muslim threats to bend to his will. And like the mafia, they aren't afraid to make. People disappear. Last year, human rights watchdog Safeguard Defenders exposed more than 100 such unauthorized CCP police stations in 53 countries, including four U.S.-based stations, two in New York City, one in Los Angeles, and one in an undisclosed location. Victims of the CCP suppression attended the event in New York. They include Uyghurs, Mongolians, Hong Kongers, Tibetans, and Falun Gong practitioners. The number one victim of the CCP is the Chinese people. That message from Congressman Neil Dunn is central to the House China Select Committee. That is to differentiate between the CCP and the Chinese people. Dunn and Gallagher were also joined by Congressman Richie Torres. In what appears to be a bipartisan effort to expose CCP threats to Chinese Americans and U.S. sovereignty itself, the defense of human rights from the abuses of the CCP is not a democratic value or Republican value; it's an American value. Efforts to counter the CCP are especially important for overseas Chinese dissidents like Zhou Fengsuo. He's one of the CCP's most wanted for participating in the Tiananmen student protests in 1989. This is the first time that、uh, we feel that we are hurt、uh, by American、uh, government. The House China Select Committee will be holding a hearing next week on the Chinese Communist Party threat to America. Off its eastern coast, South Africa wraps up a controversial joint navy drill with Russia and China. The exercises sparked concern in the West about the African country's stand in the war. The South African Navy on Monday concluded joint military exercises with Russia and China in the Indian Ocean. The drills kicked off on February 17th, with China sending the guided missile destroyer Huainan, a frigate, and a supply ship. Russia sent two ships from its northern fleet, the most powerful part of the Russian naval force. One of the two, the Admiral Gorshkov frigate, carries the latest supersonic Zircon missiles. Though none were fired during the exercise, Russia has used hypersonic missiles in various phases of the war in Ukraine. While South Africa maintains its neutrality, critics denounced the 10-day drills as supporting the Russian invasion. 
Meanwhile, Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko reiterated cooperation with Moscow in weapons production. Thank you to those who preserved the industrial legacy of the Soviet Union, and therefore, together with Russia, we are capable of manufacturing any type of weapon. Lukashenko said that Belarus is able to secure materials from Russia to overcome sanctions from the West, and he plans to visit China on Tuesday, as the U.S. warns China against supplying weapons. U.S. officials are concerned about the potential support from China to Russia. Meanwhile, Russian President Vladimir Putin accuses the West of trying to destroy Russia. Entity's Kostemenes has the details. As the war in Ukraine has entered its second year, tensions between NATO allies and Russia are mounting. Russian President Vladimir Putin has openly accused Western leaders of trying to break up the Russian Federation. During an interview with local Russian media, he stated that NATO has the goal to inflict a strategic defeat on Russia so that the Russian people suffer. He alluded to the West's nuclear potential, as well as ongoing efforts to supply Ukraine with billions of dollars worth of weapons. This weekend's G20 meeting saw the majority of countries condemn Russia's offensive on Ukraine. But concerns of possible support from China is growing. As U.S. officials say they are confident China is considering sending lethal aid to Russia, which, according to officials, will come at real costs to China. But that's not the only concern. The alliance between Russia and Iran is moving at a, quote, disturbing pace, according to CIA director William Burns. Speaking on CBS's Face the Nation on Sunday, Burns said Iran's leaders have not reached a decision on whether to resume their weaponization program. Meanwhile, the Biden administration reaffirmed its support for Ukraine and said that more than 50 nations will be ready to assist Ukraine's defense efforts. Kost Hemenes, NTD News. Coming up, a Parisian artist turns plastic waste into floral artwork. Vibrant purple tulips and the delicate yellow blossoms bring his studio to life. And the Producers Guild of America honors Tom Cruise with a Lifetime Achievement Award. We'll have the details soon when we return. Welcome. A Parisian artist is turning the city's plastic litter into a beautiful works of floral art. Entity's Andrew Thomas has more on his creative process. Vibrant purple tulips and delicate yellow blossoms bring this studio to life. The thing is, they're not real flowers. They're made from recycled plastic. French artist William Amour turns litter from the streets of Paris into beautiful flowers. What happens is, when I pick up that mass market product that has been discarded, I don't even know what it will become. It'll be cleaned. It'll go in my stock room where everything is classified according to the nature of the waste. This allows me to have a library of materials where I'll find all sorts of litter. It took him more 15 years to develop his intricate technique. In his studio, plastic bottles are turned into cutouts. Plastic bags are turned into pleated and creased sheets. The meticulous process takes time. I'm working on pleating plastic bag material. It's pleated and creased in a technical manner, and so each pleat is made one by one. For example, to make one petal, with my experience, I easily need half an hour to make one petal. The artist also sees Paris's sidewalks as a gold mine for cigarette butts. 
You can find a dozen cigarette butts just by bending down, unfortunately. And so once disinfected and washed, I'll be able to use the fiber in the buds. Amour only works on commission. His art has even been featured in Paris's prestigious Grand Palais. Amour said he depends mostly on his creative instinct, and the possibilities are endless. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. Hollywood producers celebrated Tom Cruise's career on Saturday. The event took place at one of the key awards ceremonies ahead of next month's Oscars. You know, my whole life, I, uh, I wanted to make movies. I wanted to travel the world. I wanted adventure. As a kid, I'd create characters. You know, I wrote stories to entertain my family and friends. And the Producers Guild of America honored Cruz with a Lifetime Achievement Award. The 60-year-old Cruz rose to fame as a star of Risky Business, Cocktail, A Few Good Men, and other films. His producing credits include Vanilla Sky, The Last Samurai, and the Mission Impossible movies, and Maverick. That film hauled in nearly $1.5 billion at worldwide box offices. Maintaining close ties with friends and partners is critical to your well-being. Let's find out why that is. Here's Gina Marie with a Strong Mind and Body. When you get busy, your friends are usually the first to go. You stop seeing them and then bump into them at the grocery store. You decide a meetup is due, but it almost never materializes. Your spouse, partner or family members can also fall away. But taking time to strengthen those bonds can aid health in a number of ways. Strong friendships are part and parcel to a healthy lifestyle, similar to working out and eating well. There is research to support the idea that strong relationships contribute to better health. In fact, good relationships are positively associated with immune health, sleep quality, insulin regulation, cardiovascular health, gut health, and cognition. It might make sense to start carving out more time for friends and partners. Using friendship as a template for familial or romantic relationships can help to make you feel better. One of the biggest ways cooperative and reciprocal relations can aid health is stress relief. Stress can impact a number of health markers. Good quality relationships have been shown to reduce stress. A study found that a lack of strong relationships could increase the risk of premature death by a whopping 50%. That's roughly the same risk on mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. It's also higher than obesity or physical inactivity. Author Lydia Denworth said that most people have four very close relationships. She also said that few people are capable of sustaining more than about six. The data indicates that when it comes to health benefits, friendship quality may outperform quantity. Maybe you've been meaning to reach out to some friends, or maybe rekindle the relationship with your partner. Either way, it could have major benefits on your health. It appears that good friends lead to good health. Thank you so much for joining us. We're going to put our email address on screen. We'd love to hear from you. For podcasters, that's news.today at ntd.com. I'm Sue Biamba, NTD News, New York City. 